Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. I knew I had a crack in the foundation in the back corner, under the deck, under the deck that was hidden. But the previous house inspector had crawled under there and found it. So I had a picture of it. I knew what it was. I knew that I had a heating system that was put in in 1993. <laughs> I knew all of these things going into and you it. still wanted it. And I still wanted it, but I knew about it. That's the key. I knew that I could fix it. So the problem that I have is like homes with basements that have been recently refinished. When you walk in and they go, oh, they just recently converted that basement. As a house flip, that is my number one red flag I that I see. I agree. You have no idea what went on behind those walls. You have no idea what's going on back there. No history on the house at all. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., your one-stop shop for home improvement every single week. Thanks for joining us. Happy Father's Day weekend, everybody. Hope everybody's out there uh, treating dear old dad. And if you uh, missed last week's show and you're still out shopping today, make sure you take a listen to our top 10 buyer's guide. Hello, Caroline. Hello, everybody. Happy Father's Day weekend to yeah. you all. Man, and let's let's get this elephant out of the room, right out of the way here, and just kind of talk about it for a minute. You guys lost a dear old friend today, and I, it's something that we're changing the subject of the first two segments of the show today, and we're going to dedicate this to Eddie Hayworth from Hayworth Plumbing, who we're going to talk job site safety today because you guys lost a dear old friend and that's tough. And I think being that it's father's day and appreciating how close and that in any given moment, something can happen. And when it happens doing something that you regularly do, or, you know, in the home improvement world, we always talk about the benefits of home improvement, but there is a danger to it. And I think this tragedy that my family has gone through and friends have experienced um, really brings light that we all have to be so careful. And, you know, this is where it gets tough as a homeowner, you know, and, and even professionals out there. It's interesting when you start talking about how people get hurt or even killed on job sites. And I'm going to talk about job sites like it's your own home for all of our homeowners out there. It's the same thing. It's the same deal that happens either in your house or on a construction site. There are four major focus hazards out there that we need to talk about. Those are basically the major ones that get you. It's falls, struck by, electrocutions, and what they call caught in-betweens. And so that's kind of the four major categories from OSHA, which is the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. And so these are the things that get contractors, homeowners, Anybody out there working on a project, 
And I wanted to talk a little bit about those today in our first, you know, couple segments on how to prevent this stuff because accidents happen, especially when you start putting heavy equipment into the hands of a homeowner around their house, right? Well, and even with uh, the circumstance that we just faced, so we had a, a dear friend who um, was a plumber his entire life. So he had experience working around heavy equipment, all of these things that we talk about every day. He came from a family lineage of plumbers. His father had a plumbing company as well. And he simply went out to help someone put in a powder, paver patio, which is not anything abnormal that Eric or we talked any about of us it, do. What, three weeks ago in the show, how to put in a paver patio. We did a whole hour on that. So it was just and taken on that project. And it's a little surreal because Eric and I had just had a conversation the other day about him helping a friend out. And so you just, you know, you do these things, right? You know how to do it and you go out. And so Eddie had gone to a friend's home to help him and they had rented a skid steer mm -hmm. from a, a local rental company. Yep. Won't say any names, you know, and they rented it. And unfortunately he was run over by the equipment while putting in the paver patio. And these are people who had experience doing this for, you know, he was 52 years old. Yeah. Somebody that's been around construction equipment for probably 30 plus years, my guess, if not 40 plus years. And this is how quick it happened. And if you're a long time listener to the show, you probably heard my friend Danny Dwyer here probably a year or two ago where we put him on. He's a big national country music DJ. He fell off a ladder while he was working on his house. And he was working on his, his, and it almost took his life. We we talked about that. And you can go back on the podcast and listen to the Wayback Machine. Just uh, search up Danny on that. But I, we really wanted to talk today to see if we could prevent some of these things from happening and give us some more awareness to this subject. Because the last thing we want to do, especially with Father's Day coming up here tomorrow, you know, this weekend, that I wanted to make sure that we really discuss this to see if we can get our mindset changed a little bit because even to all of us that are professionals out there, mistakes happen. Exactly. They just do. And a half a second of awareness of, Oh wow, this might not be a great idea can literally save somebody's life. And so I wanted to dive and Eddie, into that. And Eddie was like us where he educated everybody when he was out on a job or he was working with you or he was a friend or to his wife or whoever, he was always instructing people about safety so what's interesting in this scenario is that, you know, someone who was so adamant about it, something happened to him. So it's scary and it makes us realize that we have to be even more aware sometimes, even when we think we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And one thing that was interesting, I was doing some research today before we talked about this on the groups of people on construction sites that have fatal industries. In, um, injuries, not industries, in the industries who have the injuries, I'll say that correctly. But it's interesting, on average, middle-aged construction workers from 45 to 64 accounted for the most injuries. Hmm. But that's, that's the most injuries. And, and I, I'll tell you probably why in a second after this next nugget. However, the 65-plus age group had the highest rate of fatal injuries over double the rate of someone under 55 years. So what's interesting is, and I can say this from experience, I think if you look at how people were trained in construction 30 years ago, 
safety was not the biggest thing, right? Safety glasses, who wore safety glasses? Who wore fall protection devices on roofs? It was just not something that was done. And I think for people of my age of 51 years old, and you go down on a job site, those habits that you learned in your 20s still are there. And I think that's one of those things that we've got to be careful with. You know, the younger generation has grown up with a lot more safety equipment and safety devices than us. And even right. older. So it's something I think that should be, you know, just because you're a contractor, and I'm just saying this to all my contractor friends that are my age, just because you've been doing it one way for 30 years, and this has nothing to do with your, your friend situation, but just because you've done it for 30 years wrong doesn't mean that it's not dangerous and there's a better way to do it. And it's just a reminder, like Eddie had on safety gear when he was doing this, right? So that you can take all the precautions and we just work in a dangerous industry. There's, I mean, it's the same with as an environmental consultant being exposed to mold or lead or all of these things, I have to wear PPE equipment. So, you know, we do take these risks every day being in these environments. It's important for us to realize that things can happen. Accidents happen. So what I want to do, Caroline, in our next segment here as we go out to break, this is not going to be the entire seriousness of the show, but it's something serious we want to talk about. And this next segment coming up, I want to talk about some of the things we can do a little differently around the house, around the job site, you know, that we as homeowners can take a look at and keep things a little bit safer that will reduce those risks around. And there's some really cool tricks that I want to talk about, too, that can help with this and really make it a little bit safer out there. So let's, uh, we'll go out to break. We'll reset the clock here. We'll come back and then we'll talk about that as soon as we return, because this is a serious subject that I think on this weekend deserves a little bit more detail. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey, I'm Rudy Wade, and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B. Listen to my music to improve your home. Welcome back to the Around the House show, where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we're kind of wrapping up into the second segment here, our homeowner and job site safety, because uh, we've dedicated this show today to Eddie Hayworth from Hayworth Plumbing who passed away here recently uh, from a job site accident. And Caroline, you and I have been really talking about how we can address some of these issues to make sure things like this don't happen to people. Cause it's just so easily happens where something is going great during the day and something bad just happens. Yeah. And just to recap, I mean, this has happened in North Carolina and Charlotte and, um, you know, it was an accident where he wasn't even working. He was, you know, he had been in the industry like us for all of his life. And he went yeah. to help friends out, put a paver patio in, and it turned tragic. So we're going to step away from his story here just so we can make sure and, and delineate because there's just not enough information. We don't know what happened. Let's be honest. We have mm-hmm. no idea really what caused it, what happened. But I want to talk about generally here some of the mistakes that we see that cause bad accidents, especially to homeowners, 
around the home. Correct. One of them, which you brought up in our first segment, which is an important one, is it's very easy for anyone to run down to a home rental center, you know, any one of the tool rental centers, and go rent a piece of heavy machinery. And not know how to use it. Yeah, there's, and the problem is, is that on many job sites, before you jump in a skid steer or a backhoe, they want you to be trained. They want you to be tested mm-hmm. out on it. You need to know the safety of it. You need to know how everything works. But at the same time, I can roll down to a tool rental center center, mm-hmm. and fill out the paperwork. They go, you know how to run it? Yeah, cool. Got it. Mm-hmm. They come out. They might help me hook the trailer up to the back of my pickup. And off I go. And they're like, good luck. Don't damage it. <laughs> Exactly. They're worried about the equipment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, but that's, that's just the way it goes. And whether it's a backhoe, a skid steer, a man lift. A lift, yeah. Whatever. And off you go. And now you're, you're out there putting yourself in a position which can be very dangerous. I did this, and I rented a backhoe, had it dropped off by the rental company out in my front yard, my backyard was so steep, I had to cut a terrace into it so I could basically lift the backhoe down over the terraces by going over, putting putting the bucket down, dropping the side down just to get it in the lower half of the yard. <laughs> and as a homeowner, I was doing stuff and, and I had a farm, so I, I, I have a lot of hours on backhoes and, and tractors, so but they didn't know that. They didn't know any of my experience. Right. They just ran to you. I was putting this thing into positions that were dangerous, were I never lost control of the situation, but one little mistake or one little slip of the machinery, it would not have gone well. And I would have been hoping that the safety devices on the vehicle would have saved me. And well, that brings us to two points. You you know, how do you know that the safety, if you're renting something, that the safety equipment's working properly? And the mm-hmm. other thing, too, is when you are an experienced person and you do this all the time, sometimes we get a little bit, I don't know if lazy is the complacent? word. Complacent. Complacent. You just yeah. think, I've done this a thousand times. It's never going to happen to me. And that's when you let your guard down safety-wise and you do something that just results in a really bad turnout. And you can have so many other people kind of what I call contaminating the job site. You've got kids running around. You've got adults walking around machinery. You've got so many things that could go badly wrong. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people renting lifts to go cut trees. Mm. And maybe that lift is rated at 400 pounds and there's a 250 pound dude up there. No problem. Right. That's perfectly safe. But then they go tying off branches that are three or 400 pounds to it. And all of a sudden they've got branches that are tilting the lift over. Mm. And now they're strapped into the lift. They've got their harness on because they're in the lift, tied off to the lift. They're cutting tree branches off. And of course, if they would have read the safety instructions, it would have said, don't tie anything off to the lift like that. And you can drag the lift over. Mm -mm. And so I just want to make sure that we stop and make sure that we don't get over our skis on rented power equipment out there. Because now there's some secrets here with ladders. There is a ladder app out there that you can put on your phone 
by NIOSH, N-I-O-S-H. Mm-hmm. And these guys, you can put this ladder app on your phone. And here's what's cool. You go to put that extension ladder up to the house. And this is one of the most dangerous things you can do as a homeowner. And you don't think about it. I mean, we, we laugh about Christmas vacation and Chevy Chase falling mm-hmm. off the roof. But that happens all the time. And you don't just walk away and laugh from it. I think everybody's got a family member. I mean, we do. That somebody's mm-hmm. fallen off a ladder. It's not all that uncommon. It's not. And you break I your mean, back. I was over helping my buddy. And I'm not going to use his name just for privacy reasons. And it was his buddy and now his his late wife. And I'm up on his ladder. I'm helping him cut his arborvita bushes here like four years ago. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, be careful on that ladder. It's cursed. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, my wife's ex-husband died falling off that ladder. Oh, God. That's horrible. And I'm like, oh, Lord, why do you have this ladder still? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, "Uh, can I get another ladder? But again, it doesn't take much, you know, and and you can go back and listen to our previous episode with Danny. But that app will tell you to get your angles right on the ladder because you want to have that right angle to placing that ladder up against the house. That way Mm -hmm. it doesn't tip back when you go or slide out on the bottom because that's kind of your two risks. You got three. One, you're going to get up there and you didn't get the angle big enough. So the base is too close to the house that you're climbing on. And then you could tilt backwards. The other one is, is you get the angle too steep and the bottom wants to slide out. Slide on out. Mm-hmm. And then the you're riding out. it down to the ground. The third one is, is you get it up there and you don't have it level. Mm-hmm. And now it wants to tip to the left or the right. Right. Either way, you're going for a ride. And it always seems that you've got your hands full of something or you're not aware anywhere near you can grab something. Mm-mm. And, and even if you have someone ride. standing down below, I'm always the, the, the ground. There's nothing you can do. I mean, what am I going to do when the ladder starts really going? You're done. You know, I mean, oh, I yeah, it's call 911. <laughs> now you got, if you're, uh, if you're good, you got somebody to call the ambulance for you. That's exactly. And so that's really, you know, pretty cool but anyway you could find this niosh ladder app uh it's really easy just go into your uh apple store or google play and it's just says it just look up ladder safety app it's free app it's got the angle measuring tool and i think it's a really good idea and you can just place it on your on your ladder and it'll tell you if you're in a safe area Hmm. think about this 500 thousand people are treated each year for ladder related falls hey caroline when we come back i wanted to talk about a different subject we got to run out to break here but i wanted to talk a little bit about house flippers because that has come back up in the news again and i'd love to talk about that let's do that just as soon as around the house returns Hey guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm going to show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Welcome back to the Around the House show where Caroline and I have been talking kind of safety around your house and job site and making sure that we're safe. And right now I wanted to dive into house flippers, but I wanted to say, Caroline, I went back and watched Top Gun again. (laughs) 
I'm glad we're going to have a little levity because this episode has been, you know, a little serious, but now we can go to a little levity with Top Gun. I still don't think it's as good as the first one. That's it. I think it's better, mm. but I just got to watch it on a new screen system. I've always liked the IMAX, mm. right? You know, the big screen and the top of the line sound. I just saw something that blew it away, and it's called Screen X, like the letter. And where did you see this? So we were looking it up, right? So they have very few of these new new cinemas, but mostly in bigger cities. So did you see it in Portland or did you see it in Washington State? No, it's like 10 minutes from oh, my yeah. house. So it's down here. Yeah, it's 10 minutes You're in from like my a house. Mecca. I mean, if I want to go see the, yeah, I, I can literally go over there. They have an IMAX and the Screen X in there. They've got a couple of these Screen Xs and you're like, oh, Screen X, who cares? Mm. Let me paint a picture. Think of being in a regular nice theater, yep. right? You've got the screen ahead of you, but they project on the sidewalls. Like, yeah, the, the entire sidewalls are the image. So it's like you're like to the in back the movie row, now. All the way. Yeah. So you're in a box where you've got a TV on the front and then on the sides. But here's what's cool. And this is kind of the experience. On the sides, it's not the farther back it goes, the more it blurs out. Mm. Because it makes it feel like peripheral. Yeah, like you're in like it's the your movie. Peripheral vision. Yeah. So you, and the whole movie isn't this way. So it pops back and forth. So like in a serious love scene, it you're focused on that. You get into the action scenes, and now you have this peripheral. And on Top Gun, where they're in the fighter scenes, all that was amazing, right? You were feeling like you were. See, in the that's seat. why you like the movie, though. It's because of the the actual visual effect of it. But I still think the premise of the movie and the music of the movie, which was original to the first one, supersedes and is better than number two. I, I, I think, I think Top Gun Maverick is a much better movie and a better produced movie. And I think even the screenplay and all of it is just stronger. See? But that's me. Two divergent opinions. Audience, you go and see it and figure it out for yourself and let us know. So that's the cool part. Anyway, just a, it's just a whole experience. immersive experience. Yeah. So that was cool. And I mean, I'm sure like the the Jurassic Park, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out in my head, how would you do this without spending like $100,000 in your theater room? But I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. It's like 3D, but better because you're like immersed in it. It's so much better than 3D to me. 3D was kind of cool. I watched the Star uh, the Wars. Last, uh, 3D I watched. I watched um, James Bond. Oh, yeah. Movie. You watched that in 3D. I haven't seen one since um, one of the Star Wars. I can't remember which last one I saw, but I didn't yeah. really enjoy yeah, it. It was, it was, it was, it was okay. cool. No, it was. Yeah, I should have watched it in, in IMAX or something. But holy smokes, for action movies, there is no better thing to see as that. It's worth the travel. It looks really cool. He showed me the pictures because I've seen in like a. Um, like a curve theater. So that I've yeah. been in, but that's what I thought he, that's more IMAX, yeah, right? More IMAX. That's more IMAX. But you know? when he showed yeah. it to me, I'm like, no, I've never seen anything like that. It goes back on the sides all the way back to the tip of the back of the theater, which gives you this yeah. just feeling like you're in the movie. It's wild. And for us, we were in the upper section of the theater, kind of in the dead middle, mm. not, not down by the railing, not, mm -hmm. a, you know what I mean? Just kind of in that middle of the back, and ho ho, 
it first came out and I was just like, are you kidding me? Screen so, X. Good movie tip mm. out there. Screen X. Take a look at that. Well, hey, I wanted to talk a little bit. Of, you know, the housing market's changing a little bit out there uh, all across the country. We're seeing things kind of tap the brakes a little bit. And we've talked about this in previous like midweek specials and stuff. But with interest rates blasting up and continuing to blast up, you know, you're seeing the price of housing rocket through the roof and the money that you use to buy your home is costing you more and more. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. So we were, you know, I was talking to my buddy, Sean, who's a great realtor here in my area. And it was interesting chatting with him. He said, you know, in a million dollar house, the interest rate changes are costing his clients over a thousand dollars a month extra Yep. in the loan by just the interest rate change. Yes, sir. So what you're seeing now is the house flippers. And I'm sorry, there are some great house flippers out there. So this is not by any means a wide brush, but there are plenty of people that have watched a couple HD TV shows that thinks they're going to be house flippers and are not doing our communities justice by flipping houses. But I also think it's not even just house flippers that got into that mode. So I had friends who purchased a house down in Hilton Head and they originally thought, oh, you know, we'll just fix it up. And then they started fixing it up and they said, oh, we can really make a lot of money if we sell it. And these realtors really started approaching people who had just bought these houses and said, look, you can make another $300,000 if you, you know, put it back on the market. So a lot of people who I wouldn't call them house flippers, but just normal people who saw they could make this profit started doing this and you know, made some changes. And Oh, I have, yeah, I have no problem with that at all. I, if you can go out and make money off of your investment by getting the most of it, I have zero issue with it. I do. I have zero issue with it. Where I have a problem is, is that you have that dilapidated house that's in the neighborhood. Then let's, let's just paint a picture. I'll grab a number. Let's say it's a $400,000 house that mm -hmm. they bought in a higher end neighborhood. That's a dilapidated house. Maybe it was somebody's grandmother that lived there. The roof didn't get maintained. The lawn barely got mowed. <laughs> we all know those. You know, it just, yes. we yes. all know those, right? The house was maybe built in the sixties or the fifties. And, you know, it's hadn't had a kitchen remodel in 40 years, that kind of house, yes. right? You know, there might be a, you know, some asbestos flooring in the basement, you know, whatever. A wet basement. And yeah. And so what I don't like is those people coming in and putting the lipstick on a pig, mm -hmm. covering up those issues, spending money to hide issues that are going to burn the next homeowner. 100%. And so that's where I have an issue. If you're coming in and going, wow, that furnace is 40 years old. Maybe we should think about updating that. All right. Wow, we've got asbestos flooring down in the basement or mold. Oh, we're not just going to blow and go and throw some zinser over the top of it and, and paint it and hide it. We're actually going to come in and have that abated. We don't have enough of those people doing those house rehabs out there. And I think we have too many people out there that are going in and then they turn around and make, you know, $200,000 on this house that they flipped in, in maybe four weeks. And now you have a younger couple coming in there, buying their first house. Getting stuck. And 
getting stuck in a house that they paid $200,000 too much for because so much of that has to be ripped out. And I think that's part of our housing crisis I'm out gonna- there is some of this stuff being, you know, people being misrepresented on this. I'm going to throw a monkey wrench though, because this is happening okay. across the board, right? We've got house flippers who are doing this for, you know, to be advantageous with re- financial reward, but we have people who are also have houses that have problems or they've let it go over the years and they haven't rectified something. And then they're trying to unload it. Right. And people buying without inspections. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's on both sides of the coin. People don't want to deal with an issue. When you buy a home, there are going to be issues that are costly to fix, but have to be fixed. And so people are passing that buck on in whichever capacity they can, whether you're the flipper or you're the homeowner who doesn't want to do the work and wants top dollar for their house. So. So let's talk about that when we come back, Carolyn. Let's jump out to break real quick. We come back. Let's dive into that. I got some interesting ideas that might help fix this that could protect the homeowners, protect the buyers, and, uh, you know, bring some honesty to that. Let's do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kameen from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, your one-stop shop for home improvement. We want to make sure and welcome all of our new stations out there that are listening on the radio and of course all of our new podcast listeners. We see you. We, we do. can see that the numbers are just blowing through the roof. So we appreciate you. Thanks for finding the show. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're new to the show, make sure you catch us on our website, which is aroundthehouseonline.com. You can head over to Facebook, and that is Around the House Show. So you can find us in our cartoon over there. You'll see a cartoon face of us. <laughs> and then make sure you join Around the House Nation. That's our closed group, and that's growing leaps and bounds. And that's where you can share up your stories, funny stuff, whatever you're doing around the house. Ask us questions. You can put it up there in a safe environment. Yeah, we like you to hear questions it. from you. And you can visit us on Instagram because we like to see what's going on. So around the house show on Instagram. I'm always checking that out. And of course. I like Instagram. Oh, yeah. There's so much going on. So much going on. So make sure you hit us on all of those. Well, we've been talking about, you know, the housing market and house flippers and things like that. And One thing I wanted to talk about is how do we fix this problem of these, you know, the, there's good house flippers out there and you guys out there, they're doing it right. I know there are, I know personally of people that are doing it right. Nice. And I really appreciate them. But what happens is just like anything in any trade, there's that group that's not. Mm -hmm. And I, I see this on home and garden TV. I'll call them out on it. Sometimes I'm like, that's not the right way to fix that. And that's where I have a problem with some of this stuff is where good money is being spent to hide a problem instead of fixing versus it versus repair the problem. But a lot of people are afraid of those problems. And my customers all the time say, oh, no, that's too big. I, I don't want to handle that. We're just going to move. 
I, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time a client says this to me, I wouldn't be working. I wouldn't be doing a podcast radio show. <laughs> I'd be, oh, yeah. Because nobody wants to deal with these problems. And it's always just, oh, well, I'll just move. It's so simple to move. Problem that I have is the unsuspecting new buyer, right? Mm -hmm. Coming in. Oh, my gosh. I fell in love with this house. It's emotional. I want it. I have to have it. The realtor goes, nope, no inspections. We're getting 10 offers. We've priced it so low that there's no chance for inspections. Yep. Possibly knowing that there's issues that would come up on inspection. Mm -hmm. And by pricing it low, they're going to get a bidding battle going and no inspection. That's right. I mean, how many times have you seen that, Caroline, in your house search? Of course. And, you know, we're professionals looking at these things. So, you know, I have a little better bird's eye on, you know, what's going on in a home. So I can kind of make those, you know, acquiesce, if you will, and maybe get rid of one inspection, but keep environmental inspections like water and mold. But, you know, if you know nothing about a home, you cannot make those blind decisions. I mean, that's, that yeah. can lead you into a danger zone, to quote your maverick. You know, it's funny. It's, it's one of those things, and I think that's my best information I can give to any potential homeowner is do your best to take that emotion out of it. Take a look at it as a business decision. Oh no. Then they'll be like me and they'll never buy a house. Cause you guys, there is no perfect home out there. And I'm the first one to tell you there's not, but you know, like for instance, when I bought my house, I loved it. I wanted it. I knew it had the bones to be the house the bones. That, that we were going to want. But that's it. It had yeah. the bones. That's, it had the boats. It had an electrical panel that had been recalled <laughs> that was going to catch the house on fire. See? That was probably really close, but I knew about it. Right. And buying it, I knew that it went, that electrical panel sucks. It's going to have to come out. <laughs> I knew I had a crack in the foundation in the back corner under the deck, under the deck that was hidden. But the previous house inspector had crawled under there and found it. So I had a picture of it. I knew what it was. I knew that I had a heating system that was put in in 1993. <laughs> you know, I knew all of these things going into and you it. still wanted it. And I still wanted it, but I knew about it. That's the key. I knew that I could fix it. So the problem that I have is like homes with basements that have been recently refinished. When you walk in, they go, oh, they just recently converted that basement. As a house flip, that is my number one I red agree. flag that I see. You have no idea what went on behind those walls. You have no idea what's going on back there. No history on the house at all. If that is the case... If I'm going to buy that house, I dang well better have pictures. I want to see pictures of how it was constructed. I want to see pictures along the way. I want to see even old pictures of what it looked like before they started. You know, my trick is I will never buy a house with a finished basement. You know that, right? That's like I know that. my pet peeve is like, I, I want an unfinished basement for many reasons. I generally agree with that. My extra little you know, asterisk to that caveat. is if I walk into that house and it looks like Brady Bunch 1967 downstairs and I got the green or orange carpet <laughs> and I got, you know, wood paneling on the walls. It's been there for 30 Sweet. years, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know that no one has came down there and messed with that or have had to do any work to it. Mm -hmm. 
because if you've got 40 years, if you've got paneling that's 40 years old down it's there, got a history. 50 years old down there, it's got a history of not being a wet basement. Correct. Now all you're doing is conditioning or addressing humidity, and you're not dealing with something that might have four weeks ago have had 24 inches of water in that they're just hoping they sell it before the next rainstorm. Yeah. But again, you're going back to bones, right? A lot of these homes, like, I mean, Eric and I, I mean, if I'm going to buy a house, I prefer an older house because of, I feel better building materials. I like the fact that the bones are better. Like we're talking about, I feel like I can do what I want with it. um, And I don't have as much, you know, um, I don't have to leave anything in place. I don't feel bad about leaving stuff. It's older and it needs to be remodeled anyway. So I don't get stuck with something that is newer and then I don't want to take it out because I feel like I'm being wasteful. And you also have to keep in mind your area when you're looking at a house. For instance, my area in Portland, between the turn of the century and the 1930s, they were using unwashed sand, Mm. beach sand in their concrete mixes. Mm. And so what happened was with that sand, I could literally take my hands just scrape, scrape it out away the yeah. concrete and dig it. It was like it was compacted dry. Crazy. And I could literally dig through it with my hands like it was hard dirt. Insane. And I have actually gone through a foundation wall to see daylight out the other side. Nice. With just like a screwdriver <laughs> and just picking at it. Not hammering at it, just picking at it. And so I want to find a house that is one. It's old enough that maybe an engineer looked at it mm-hmm. like 60s, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s is pretty cool to me. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, in most areas that house wasn't tied down to the foundation until the mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had a builder that was tying it down, but there's no mechanical fasteners in my area where I have earthquakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a big deal. Or if you have tornadoes or heavy windstorms, you want to have that. So there's a, there's a lot of things that I think it's really good to know and accept, you know, could be up there at our friends at in WEU land in, you know, PA where they've got stone houses from, you know, the 1600s. I like to find houses you know too where they're original owners. And sometimes, you know, now it's really hard to do that as we progress through time. But sure. It's nice to have a history on a house and know what people did to it. I love having that homeowner where they can give me, we put the windows in this year. We did the roof this year. And they're, and you know, these types where they know everything that went in, they have the box that's in the, you know, in their closet and it's got every receipt from going back to 1969 on what they did to the house. It's like buying an old car. Oh, those are like gems. It's like buying a one owner old car. That you it's the are gem. The gem. Or, my house was cool in that for 20 years or so, 15, it was a rental and the renter, the, the landlord did nothing to it. But the good news was that they didn't mess up anything exactly. either. It had loving homeowners, all that for 30 years before that. And the lady li- li- lived out of country most of the time, not even in the U.S. that owned it. Didn't maintain it, but they kept it clean. And the renters kept it That's clean. all so you need sometimes. Nobody had a chance to mess with it, which is good. And so that's one of those things that, uh, you know, get your inspections. I think that the market has changed enough that you should be able to sit there and say, I want a good home inspection. And if that comes back with anything out there that's funky, get your expert to come take a look at it. Tread slowly. Get the deal done if you want it. But know what you need to do. Caroline, 
that music's playing in the background. You know what time it is. And everybody, uh, just the shout out, rest in peace, Eddie Hayworth, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. You will be greatly missed, my friend. Hayworth Plumbing. All right, everybody. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.